the pitching was just not good today. You know, all over the place, it's, it's tough to play behind somebody who's not throwing strikes, you know, and, and that kind of puts you behind the eight ball from the beginning, you know. Now it's becoming a track record, like, okay, you know, he's struggling and he's struggling. He hasn't been able to make the adjustment during the game to come, to come you know, to, to come back. So that's why I know our bullpen's overused, but I knew if we make the change, we were still going to be in the game. And it worked out that, that way because the bullpen did a great job. It's all about pitching it and the guy on the mound giving you a chance, you know, and, and that hasn't happened lately. That was Charlie Montoyo, manager of Kevin Barker's Toronto Blue Jays after their uh, 5-3 loss to the Oakland Athletics. Good one, Jeff. Last night. Charlie basically has zero you-know-whats left to give when it comes to, you say, Kikuchi, doesn't he? Yeah, like, he's, I mean, he's, he, back, he, he's back in the ground. The, 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 uh, the bus right over him every time he has a bad start and puts him in a bad situation, has to bring Trent Thornton in a little bit earlier which I guess you'd rather see him early than late. Yeah. But I, the question I would have is, how do you start him again? Like, his, his next start's against Seattle. How would you How would you run him out there? He's coming out and telling you that it's mechanical and basically I can't fix it. What would tell you in four, ga- in four days, which he ain't going to throw a bullpen four days in a row. He'll throw one bullpen probably in some flat ground and have so much confidence because he's throwing the cutter. He'll abuse that cutter, and he begs a lot now. You see, like, he'll throw the heater that's about four inches off the plate, and then he throws his hands up like doing this to the umpire, like the umpire's seen 17 cutters in a row that are six feet off the plate, and all of a sudden you want me to give you a four-seamer yeah. that you all of a sudden want to throw that's an inch and a half off the plate for a strike. It's I mean, the umpires it, are basically saying, dude, you wouldn't get that call in Buffalo. And by the way, how about it? Uh, yeah, I would send him down. That's just me. And then let him figure it out down there. You, I don't even know if you can, if there's a, some sort of contractual. I, Maybe. Yeah, it's $36 million. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money to, to, to send down. To send down to. to if you uh, put him in the bullpen, would you, when would you ever throw him? I mean, it doesn't matter. When would you throw him? Like I said, garbage time. Garbage time when I'm losing 8-2 to two, or when I'm, you know, winning 11-1 or whatever. I That's that's it for now. Uh, and then we'll worry about the next two years of the contract. In the next two years, I wonder, Kevin, if I wonder if you if you said to the coach, yeah, I'll try to figure out how to phrase this properly so I don't get anybody in trouble. I wonder if the coaching staff even wanted him starting last night. I wonder if that's the GM basically forcing the coaching staff's hand. Well, we have no idea what the answer to that would be. Uh, that's, but I, I because just, look, those I, we we know the coaches are coaches are smart guys, and I I've got to think that uh, you know, I I've got to think that if you talk to people on the coaching staff, they would just as soon send Max Castillo out there to make that start. I mean, mm-hmm. God knows he's not going to be any worse than you say Kikuchi. I don't, I just I don't know who I don't know who's in you say Kikuchi's corner right now. That. That's the question. Well, I would, I would to me. think if you're a GM and you drop 36 large on a guy that nobody else would give 36 large to, you'd probably think it's the GM. I mean, I'm guessing we have no idea how that conversation would go. And I'm sure his last started going six innings. And I was the only guy that that raised my hand after the game and said, "Hey, let's it was back not it that up. great. Let's back yeah. it up a little bit." He did throw what 10 strike once to 22 batters. Still not real good. He got lucky a ton because the team he was facing was expanding. Through his fastball a little bit more, but every time you hear that he had to go back to to his little security blanket in that cutter, I this is I the mean thing. that cutter's a BP hater. Let, this is the thing. This is the thing. First twelve pitches, four of his first five pitches were cutters. He's, he's facing Nick Allen. I mean, Nick Allen looks like a, was it Nick Allen? Is that his name? He looks like a dude who should be at Starbucks. He looks like a barista, a little tiny guy. Give me a you know, give me a double soy latte, please, with sweetener. Give him whatever. a chance with ninety. Yeah. That's what he's doing. Four of his first five pitches were cutters. Walk. Second at bat, seven pitches, two fastballs, three changeups in a row, two cutters. Pete Walker comes to the mound. Would you love to have been a fly on somebody's cap standing around that circle? After Pete Walker goes to the mound, not a cutter throw in the rest of the inning. Betancourt gets a single. Four-seamer, four-seamer, change, four-seamer. Murphy, four-seamer, change. Piscotti, four-seamer, change, four-seamer. So clearly... 
What the heck you doing? We we agree. We agree that you're okay to throw in the cutter. Let's just not abuse the kind of the cutter until you establish the, the, worst, the heater, the release point. I will tell you the that. breaking out of the glove, the ball, get it out from all the things that you have to do, the mental part of the hurdle that you're going through of uh-oh, I throw a ball that's not even close, not even in the same area code. How do I get it back on track? Get the the line that I need to establish that to tunnel some pitches like there's a lot of things going through i just again don't see how on a contending team that you can continue to run it out there i was in the camp i was on the fence you know me yeah. i'm never on the fence no but i was on the fence on because if you put him in the bullpen really when would you ever use yeah him? but i'm not see i'm not right, even looking ever, now now i don't care who cares yeah no I, i'm seriously <laughs> who I cares with, now? With, with all due respect i don't care about me, you me too condition. i know he's i know he tries hard and he's a good dude but man maybe it, it's, it's, hard. A, it's a performance driven league well i know he tries hard oh, okay i've talked to enough people that know that he's tried everything i just think when you're you know is it the yips huh? I don't know. His misses yesterday were a lot bigger than they were in his last start and in the last couple of starts. So against the Oakland, the, the Oakland Athletics. There you too. go. And, and you literally and you're playing in a ballpark that could you pick a more friendly ballpark for you say Kikuchi? There it is. Like seriously, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't get it either. Can you explain something to me? Can you explain to Let's, me before we go on to that? Because I know where you're going, and I know you're going to get you're all head up. You're all head up about it. You're all I head wrote up it about down. it. But. <laughs> Yeah, looking back at that start before this, maybe the worst thing that could have happened to you, say Kikuchi, is he had a little bit of success throwing there the cutter, was. and now he's going to go back to it. But listen, I look, I'm with you. We got to leave aside the contract for now, and we got to leave aside the fact that they're already paying Hyunjin Ryu however many millions of dollars, and he's probably not going to this year, twenty next year. Yeah, he's not going to pitch for them again. Leave that all aside for now. This team's lost five in a row. There. Yes, they're in the wild card race, but only because there's a lot of bad teams in baseball. Oh, and by the way, the Baltimore Orioles, they won again last night. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Jays have 15 games left against the Orioles. So it's not like the anyhow. Orioles are playing for contracts. Yeah. And they're, well, they're playing for contracts. And some of them are also playing to be traded to contending teams. There it is. But my whole point is this it's not about Yusei Kikuchi anymore. It just isn't. It, that, that, the time has passed. If he can't figure it out in the bullpen, I I just don't care. I don't care. I need somebody I need somebody who's going to compete. If I have to create an injury for that dude, I create an injury for that dude. I How don't about just raising your hand and coming out anywhere saying he, hasn't, near he hasn't been good enough. Stop trying to invent excuses for for guys and just raise your hand and say you're seeing the same thing I'm seeing. We've had enough of it. It's not about saving it's not about saving you say Kikuchi anymore. It's about Saving this season. Absolutely. You're At trying to make the playoffs. And right. don't, don't forget that Adrian Martinez just they carved up the Blue Jays. They scored how many runs, Jeff? Three runs. And can you explain something to me? No, I know I can. I can know you where you're going. Can explain something to me? Why have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Loris Gurriel Jr. had the same day off this late in the season against the team? Four in a row. After Vladimir Guerrero Jr. the day before DH'd. Now, I know everybody's saying that Vladimir Guerrero Jr., because of how many games he's played in a row, and, you know, he, he, uh, he's going every single day and, and figuring it out. If I remember correctly, he doesn't play shortstop, he doesn't play center field, he plays first base. I used to play first base. Going into last night, he'd been in 62 games. He made 61 starts at first base. He made 18 starts as a DH. I DH'd in the Mexican League every single day, Jeff, because he's hot and I, I was this, done. This isn't the I Mexican was, League. And it's not. But my point is... Is that's a day off? I DH'd. Clubby would come to me, wake me up, and say it's time for you to hit. That's. A, I mean, I'm not saying that's what Vladdy does, but you're checked out when it just comes to the physical part of it. Now it's the mental grind of you trying to go up and get a hit and get a good pitch to hit and have a, a competitive at bat. But my point is, he's already had 18 days off. Like I, to say that he goes to to play first every single day and he has to have one of these days off, and then oh by the way. He only had half a day off yesterday. So, yeah, well, can, you just, can you just explain to me why? I understand that we know that we've done enough homework that it just seems like that they've scheduled these days off. And no matter what, no matter how their team looks, no matter where they're at in the schedule, no matter who's on the mound for them, knowing that they're going to have to score runs. No, forget about your, your best home run hitter, your best hitter in, in July or June in Lourdes Gurriel Jr., is not playing a baseball game. 
How come you just can't go big picture? Okay, I know we've scheduled it. How about we give one of them the day off and play the other one, and then we mix and match the next day because of how our offense is going, because of who's on the mound, because of who we're playing, and we should be winning these games. We lost the day before. We don't want to lose another one. Just explain it to me. Can you explain it to me? Well, we've talked about this. It's the the off days are scheduled. Uh, first of all, we also have to say this, and I say this all the time, but it does bear repeating. We don't have access to. We don't know what the aches and pains that okay, these have. I, but let but let me finish. Here's right way. I'm just throwing that out there as a caveat because you've got to say it all the time. We don't have all the info at hand that the Blue Jays do. However. If you are going to give a person a scheduled day off, then make it a day off. That doesn't mean pinch hitting. All you did yesterday with Vladdy Jr., he had two at-bats. You basically, you didn't give him a day off. You just subtracted two Vladdy at-bats from the game, Mm -hmm. early in the game, against the starter. That's all you did. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I understand. People say, okay, Jeff, but... You know, you're in a position where you can break open the game. Use them as use them as pinch hitters then. Well, my point is this. If you're going to give somebody a day off, John Gibbons talked about this, then give them a day off. That means, you know, we'll use you if it's the ninth inning we need a hit or the tenth inning. I mean, with all due respect, the Toronto Blue Jays should not need Vladdy Jr. to, to, to pinch hit in whatever it was, the sixth inning or where, wherever it was, of a game against anybody the Oakland Athletics are running out there. It's not the first game of the playoffs. If, if, they, if, if, if that's where they are, it just makes no sense. It, you know, and, and I don't, listen, I haven't played the game. I'll buy your argument about, you know, there's a difference between DHing and playing first base. I will admit that I do kind of. I do. I just come out and say, I get him off his feet for half a game. I know. I do That's roll. Why I, I do roll my eyes when people say, you know, Vladdy plays every day. Well, he hits every day, right? Um, I'm not saying playing first base is not hard because it is. No, but, but but it's not as hard as playing shortstop or third or because of the shifts and and center but your, field. Your, your, your point also stop. is your point also is it's not like he's playing 19 days in a row at first base. Absolutely not. He's not. That's the point. And he so, came off a DH day, which is why I. It, it's just and to your point with Lourdes, I was thinking to myself, okay, after he didn't, Charlie didn't pinch hit for him. Of Watapia in the sixth inning with first and second. I'm thinking, okay, something must be up with Lourdes. And then I see him on the on, on deck, deck circle. circle ending the game in the ninth inning. Yeah, yeah. You just, it, it makes no sense to me. If, if the optics of the whole thing with the guy on the mound, where you're at as a team, the conversations that some of your better players, Chapman and, and, George Springer coming out and saying that the the bats change mentally when you fall behind. Good chance you knew coming in with the dude on the mound you were going to be playing from behind. Good chance of that. I just excited. Sometimes I, I get your point. It's 2022, and this is what teams do because they're thinking long term. Well, long term, you'd be sitting at home flipping channels watching the other teams play. That's long term. Because we we look back, we tried to look back last year. How do you make up those one or two games? And everybody picks little t- parts of the season. What if they get swept by Oakland? Now what are we talking about? And they could. I mean, I hate to say it that way, but they could. It's you know coming off a night game. It's a day game. <laughs> it just seems like the mental grind of seems to be a thing with them of trying too hard. And now you got is Brius Brius is on the mound today. Would you you have any idea what you're going to get from him? Nope. I have no idea what I'm going to get from. So it's and, and George Springer looks like he's hurt. You see him taking swings and falling, going to one knee, and he just looks awkward. He looks like he's, uh, but, you like know he's, he's done that. He so, does. He goes, but to he that, does it a he, lot he more goes now. That, he goes that than, one than knee he, thing a lot than he, than he has in the past. And you can tell he's favoring whatever he's favoring, whether it's the. The art, well, I don't know. Whatever it is, he looks like he's, and that's what they need guys like that. So I just, it's very, it's very frustrating. Like it's, and it, and then you see, I don't want to pick on Louis Rivera, but he's, he sent Alejandro Kirk on a single left with less than two outs. Could have been bases loaded. Anybody seen Alejandro Kirk run? I, 
I, because I, I love Louie, and Louie's done special things to this defense infield. As hard as he works, and and just talking mentally every single day to get guys in the right positions and get them through the the grind of an of a championship season. But man. Can't tell me because Tapia and because there's lefty on the mound is why you sent Alejandro Kirk on a bloop single to left field. It's just, it's the totality of everything that you're seeing right now with the Blue Jays. I just don't understand it. I, it just, with who's not playing, with the way they're playing, with who's on the mound, with who they hand the ball to when the guy leaves the mound, it's... Well, the, let's just let... I mean, let's be clear. They're not a very good team right now. No. I mean, they aren't. They're they're not a very good team. They're not as good as the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Rays. And right now, I don't know if they're as good as the Orioles, to be honest. Right now, I I, mean, I don't know the way they're playing. Obviously, they're a better team than the Orioles, but the way they're playing right now, they're not. You can't put it, you can't put it any other way. I mean, you know, again, the more this goes on, the more this goes on, and the more I think the questions get away from simply adding bullpen arms, I think you look at the you look at the core of this team a little bit too. And you know, we've talked about this. I think the focus has to start going on to Oscar Hernandez a bit here. I I really do. Um, if you're going to have a lineup full of two two similar guys, then maybe you've got to you know maybe maybe you got to make a more substantial move here. I think so. Maybe you need to make a more substantial move here uh, to to. To, to to write this thing, and just don't think you can throw in the towel. Like I, I just don't well, think you can bring not, in the 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 Bondas and the and the other guys that you 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 would bring. You can't bring in names like that. You got to go out and get a a name that says sort of, you know, well, we had a little hand in putting you in this. We're going to try and help you get out of it. And for me, if you got to give up a top prospect plus Teoscar Hernandez, and I hate to say it, and I know this is not going to be a popular conversation but if you have to give up Alejandro Kirk to get what you want you give up Alejandro Kirk that's just the way like this this is again sometimes you have to make tough decisions to go to the goal and the goal is not just to creep creep into the playoffs it's to make a giant run in the playoffs now, if the goal and, and is to if the goal is to creep into the playoffs you can you stick with what you have absolutely if, if that's your goal stick stick with what you have because yes there is a chance that you could creep into the playoffs with it with this team absolutely but uh, just a chance, and and less of a chance than I, you know, than I would have said, than I would have said two months ago. Um, the A's beat the Jays five three yesterday. The third and final game of the series goes this afternoon. It's a three oh seven first pitch. Barker and myself will be on Blue Jays but talk I, after the game. Well, I do want to say a couple of good things. The Chapman home run that he hit to center field. He did take a couple of good pitches to get a pitch down the middle. Mm-hmm. Tay Oscar took what did Tay Oscar? Tay Oscar took a close one to get one down the middle. Been preaching this all year because I tried to do it. It's not the easiest thing to do, especially when you don't know certain guys, and that means you have to zone up a little bit more. But they hit homers for me because of what they took. They took it. Now they know a young guy on the mound is not going to want to fall more behind, so he's going to attack the zone a little bit more. You tend to get pitches down the middle that you can do damage with. So those were two good at bats. That's. There was some positives in it, so I had to get that out there too. I like to say something positive. In it, you know, you, you you say some negative things, and then you got to end it with a positive. Yeah, and I and I did. And David Phelps was okay. Uh, Tim Mason was okay. So there's there's a couple of more, but there you can tell they're running on fumes. Trent Thornton walked in a runner. Like I'm with you, bases loaded. You walk in a run, man. There, there's a lot of things you can handle. Four pitch walks with the bases loaded. I. I mean, Trent Thornton has given you every single thing he can give you. Like, he, he, you can tell. He wants to be a big leaguer so bad. And he's given you everything he can possibly give you. But when you walk dudes in from third with huh, with the bases loaded, it's, it's, a, it's a real tough look. And sometimes when teams are going through things, the way you send messages is you just say this is not acceptable. And I know Charlie's came out and said that about – you say Kikuchi, and it, it'll be interesting to see how they handle it going forward because it's right in front of them. For me, anyway, who cares what you do? And you put him in a bullpen, so what? You, put, you send him down, so what? You just don't give him his next start. Oh, uh, I mean, that, for I me, said, it's a, I'm it's with a you. I, I don't, I don't care about you say Kikuchi anymore. I, ju- I just don't. At least not this year. They no. knew coming into this thing that he was going to be a giant project, and he probably should have started the season in the bullpen. 
Like just every everything, like it just, he talks mechanics. It is. It's the break out of the glove, and it's when he starts hip rotation. When the front foot hits the ground, the hand's got to be up. Now, he's got a little more three-quarter slot, but it's got to be up there to where he can get it out front and have it located to where he wants to go both sides of the plate, right? He's more of a thrower than a, than a pitcher, but he can't throw it down the middle. So he's got to get it out front. That's the mechanical part of it. But he's done it so bad so many times that what would make you think he could fix it out of a bullpen? I, so just right now, I just think it's it's more about the team than it is you say. And I hate to say it that way, but right now, that's just the way it is. I mean, I, I, I have said this for a couple of weeks now. He goes into the bullpen. I tell him you were throwing two pitches. You were going to throw a four-seamer, and you're going to throw a splitter. You're not throwing anything else. And we will find spots for you to work. And that's it. And he basically replaces Trent Thornton for me. I, that He just does. And that doesn't mean that it has to stay that way all year long. Uh, certainly things change. But at this point, if you're, if you're, if, if the only thing you're going to do is harm my chances of winning a game, I got enough going on right now, <laughs> right, with, with, with the bullpen that – I can't afford to run to run you out there. And I understand, you know, Shai made this point after the game, and it is true. One of the things, you look at the stuff, you know, you, you look at the velocity, you look at all of that, and there's a natural tendency to think, man, if this guy could just figure it out, you know, maybe this is the start where it, where it falls into place or... But it's July. You can't. We've had opportunities. He's had opportunities for that to happen. He has had one competitive start basically in six. One competitive start in six. Let me ask you a question. For, you, you, I, for me, he's. You think Danny Jansen could turn him around to give him a, a competitive chance? I mean, I don't know. He holds the ball, right? He's the guy who ultimately makes the decision to throw. Um, you know, would he listen to Danny? I mean, it's not like he's, it's not like he's worked with Danny Jansen for four or five years. I, I, I don't know. I just think it's shocking that the pitching coach has to walk out there. Now we have no idea what he said. Seven I know, pitches. I know Petey well enough yeah. to know. Eight pitches. Let's not abuse that thing. L- l- enough. When you, <laughs> I mean, I can guess the, that's what he the, said. The pitches, the pitches suggest, I mean, they tell you what he said because he didn't throw a cutter in the first inning. After he made after after, after Pete, he made, yeah, yeah. Pete went out to the mound after two after batters. Two batters. You know, and again, I get I, I get back to this. Um, yeah, I I I don't. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes, Heather Hanley. But but man, I would I would take the kid gloves off with him too. I really would. And um, you know, Charlie's done that sort of in his post game commentary. He has he has Charlie been as blunt about. Any other player, any other pitcher since he's been here, the way he is with Kikuchi, he reminds me, it's like Sheldon Keefe, the Leafs coach, eventually got to the point where he stopped making excuses for his goaltender and just and 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 said, we didn't get enough saves to win that game. I mean, that's the point that Charlie is at right now is it's just not good enough. And I will get back to this. If you say Kikuchi makes his next start, then I think I need to know who's making the call here because I don't think Charlie or Pete Walker want you say Kikuchi to make another start, not the next one. I don't think they do. If he does, then yeah, I think we have some questions. Then I think we have some questions. Especially, you know, if, if this team loses another loses another couple of games. Uh, and that's 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 where I am with it. But uh you know, it's over to Jose Barrios today. You know, and uh um, Well, they seem like it's a big deal that if they fall behind early uh, they start thinking about it because George Springer came out and said it. Matt Chapman came out and said it. Well, again, I, I rolled my eyes too. I'm exactly like you. I said it when I heard it. I acted exactly like you acted. But they, they're they saying it means they've had conversations with their buddy about it. That 
things have to change. You got to get quieter. You, you're actually thinking about it. And think long, think wrong is the, is the baseball saying. You can't think about things at the plate, Jeff. You got to sort of see ball, hit ball. It's that simple a lot of times. Yeah, and well, when you're falling behind and it's a conversation and it's been said it, out loud by the teams that are leaders of your team. You do have to put yourself in the position of the Blue Jays position player last night. And you're seeing what's going on with you, say. And you know what's coming in to replace him. Is there anything that would suggest to you that, well, the bleeding's going to stop? No. It's not, but I could also raise my hand and say it's the Oakland A's who scored five runs against you. It's not like it was 10 nothing. Right. It's five runs. And it's Adrian Martinez. Who? What? He wasn't throwing a bazillion miles an hour. He had some deception, and he threw a changeup. And what did he throw to a bunch of righties? A heater and a slider. I, I know where the, all the blame or most of the blame's going, but it's in Oakland against the worst team in baseball. No offense to Oakland, and they scored five runs. Ned Coletti is the former general manager of the L.A. Dodgers, longtime baseball executive. You look at me like that. Ah, it's frustrating. It is. I said. I said in social media last night, right? Thank God for Netflix. The, 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 I can't. I, the, look, I just can't. I can't. That roster needs a kick in the derriere, and I'm not real sure how you give it to I him. I can't. I can't. How why? do you give it to him? I just can't. I, well, you're not throwing in the towel. No, you but. You still I, got a good chance I'm of making saying, the playoffs. I just said, life's too short to watch you say Kikuchi pitch. It just is. It just is. Anyhow, Ned Coletti. Former general manager of the L.A. Dodgers, longtime baseball executive, former Dodgers analyst, joins us next. We'll uh, talk about how GMs approach the trade deadline. Well, we'll ask Ned, you know, what point does a general manager start looking at the guts of a team that is underperforming? And what is underperforming? Maybe what we think is underperforming isn't necessarily what the front office thinks is underperforming. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Everything Raptors before and after the games. The Raptor Show with Will Liu. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I have some tickets to give away <clears throat> for the July 14th game against the Kansas City Royals. I will do that in the next hour. Barker's back leg bits. Of course, DMs are always open. SN Jeff Blair is the Twitter handle. We're going to be joined in a few minutes by Ned Coletti, former year, 40-year Major League Baseball executive, former Dodgers GM John Morosi will join us at 11 o'clock from the MLB network and we'll take a look around baseball kyle schwarber hit his 25th don't say that yesterday is he left-handed or right-handed he's left-handed uh his 25th home run yesterday i like how you said and that. at some point can we please stop giving the american league mvp award automatically to mike trout or shohei otani and can we take a look at jordan alvarez who by the way i believe now is He's not just a DH. I believe he's played twenty some games in the outfield as well. Yeah, can we can we can we put him into the conversation the, the, a, a little bit? The, or Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge in the conversation. I have no problem with that. But can we include Jordan Alvarez in that conversation? I, I, I think I think you have to. But the Trout Otani during their losing streak when they did absolutely nothing, that's they they've canceled each other out. That that's for me anyway. No longer a conversation. Yeah, Mike Trout is kind of as long as he's around, as long as he's playing, he's going to get a certain number of votes, but. Man, I just I look at those two guys, at at what Judge is doing, and what Jordan Alvarez is doing. And, Depends uh, on what your definition of an MVP is. Yeah, I, mean, I guess yeah. Do what you do in a winning team, or do what you do in a team that's not very good. And I don't know. But uh, anyhow, yeah, Kyle Schwarber looked pretty good. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, and I don't know if the Jays. He knows really who he is. He he knows who whatever, he is. But. He's a guy that occasionally walk with. He's up there to 
Take his picture. We always just say that when, when, when you're in the batting cage. Take your picture. Hold, hold it. Get it out there. Front. You see that many times. He knows himself. He knows what he's supposed to do when he goes to the plate. Do you think that maybe the Jays got so carried away with acquiring Jose Ramirez that they let other lefty bats go by, that they were so confident they were going to get something done? I hope that's not the case. That they let other lefty bats go by. I hope that's not the case. What did he get? He got $24 bucks from the Phillies? Rather you rather give you say thirty six, split that in half, give him twenty five of it. You have to yeah. give him a. Of course, a, he's a free agent too. Free agent doesn't mean that he necessarily. He necessarily you, you know, you know here. as well as anybody, you, if the price is right. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, mm. that is kind of horrible second guessing, though. It it is, but that's second what, guessing it, somebody you never first guessed. Because I never linked the Jays with Schwarber anyhow, and I don't know how many people did. Maybe there was some talk that they had a conversation. Had conversations with him, but does sound like they were all in on Jose Ramirez. Yeah, and you know, and of course the whole Justin Pivot. Verlander thing. So I'm not suggesting that they. I'm not suggesting that they. I'm just wondering if maybe they they, maybe they were fixated in one thing and 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 other opportunities passed them by. Which well, I, there's no question now what they need for this team though. Uh, there's no question. Like to say that you need quality depth. Forget about having an arm. <laughs> you need quality arms. Quality stuff, like when you call a guy up from AAA, you, that guy needs to know what he's doing. Like you, Pete Walker shouldn't have to walk out there after two batters and tell him. Yeah. So there's no question now. Well, our next guest has made a lot of major decisions in baseball around trade deadlines, leading up to trade deadlines. He's signed a lot of free agents, gave a lot of money to a lot of free agents. He's Ned Coletti, former year MLB, sorry, 40-year Major League Baseball executive, former Dodgers GM. He joins us on Blair and Barker. He's one of our favorites. Ned, thanks so much Mm -hmm. for joining Kevin and myself. We're talking a lot about Issei Kikuchi for obvious reasons. And I I wanted to ask you, from your experience, when when you sign a free agent... at, at, at what point, like, do you view that player differently than any other player on the roster? In other words, do you feel that you have more vested in a free agent, perhaps, than another player? And if, if that's the case, at, at what point do you start to second-guess yourself? Wow. <laughs> good to be, good to be <laughs> It's honest. an easy question to start. <laughs> I gave a lot of money away. Not, 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 you know, not always, but sometimes I had to. You know, Clayton Kershaw turned out okay. It did. You guys, it turned out okay. Now, I'm not saying you the, gave money away, but I'm the, saying uh, you, you spent money. You had money to spend, <laughs> and you spent it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think three different times I, I signed what turned out to be the richest contract in baseball. One, Ryan Sandberg. Two, Barry Bonds. Three, Clayton. Right. So, I get it. Um you know, you, you do as much homework as you can, and you, you really try. I always wanted to meet with a player before I sign a player. Uh, trading, obviously, you don't have the same deal. Agency is far different. Uh, you know, you're making a huge commitment most of the time, not only in terms of dollars, but in terms of term and how long they're going to be a member of your organization. And um, so you do make that type of commitment, and you make a commitment really to make it as um, – Seamless for the player and his family as possible, especially if you're talking about somebody coming from from Latin America or Asia, that they 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 feel comfortable in a new environment. Uh, the last thing you want is a player that is not comfortable, uh, decides that they made a mistake, and 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 things at at home get get rocky because obviously that's their top concern is their family. So you do you do commit to it, and you do commit to really understand the dynamics of the player. You always try to do it. Don't get me wrong, guys. You always try to understand the dynamics of every player in your organization. But when you're talking about a trade, it's a little bit different. You try to get it from outside sources because you can't really talk to that player until they're a member of your organization. Pre-agent market, completely different, and you have a chance, and, and I've always – uh, done everything I could to really get to know them and vice versa, give them the opportunity to really get to know us and really get to commit to us because the commitment's got to be a two-way street. What is a bad free agent contract in your mind? A bad free agent contract is when you've um, misread a player's health or hunger. 
Um, you know, I've got on every GM tombstone, you know, there's a list. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got them. And, uh, you know, I've had a, a few that were really disappointing in uh, how they came to camp, the shape that they were in, and how in some cases, whether, you know, and I'm not – I'm not them, so I can't. I, all I can do is take a guess that, you know, the finances of it took away the hunger, and uh, or maybe they really didn't like the city. You know, I've had when you're in LA. I mean, you're talking about a different dynamic than almost any place in the country. Uh, New York, you got a lot of different mass transit to get around. Obviously, you know, the big city, Chicago, a little bit the same. But when you're in LA, you're talking about you know probably living a decent amount of mileage away from a stadium, driving different things. So you had a lot of different factors. But to answer your question, I think if you've you've made the wrong choice because somebody now is going to be satisfied with their their status in life from a financial standpoint, that the hunger to be a great player, the hunger to win a championship. Uh, you, you've kind of put the fire out by by the deal you've done. Those deals to me are the most heartbreaking because you, you know you, you if you if you don't want to win, you know I, I I really I really didn't want you around. But everybody will tell you what you want to hear mm-hmm. in order to get the money, and and ninety five percent of them will live up to it. But but some you know some are, are satisfied with the paycheck. And hey, if uh, if I go on a DIO a lot, it's okay. If I play halfway it's okay if i if i give 80 percent of my effort it's okay you know that to me was those are the bad ones Ned, is it you know sometimes teams that are expected to go deep you know however that your definition of deep is but when that team looks like it needs a kick in the derriere is there in your past experience different ways of doing that like a trade like you just talked about a Yusei Kikuchi in your past experiences like putting a Yusei Kikuchi in a bullpen or sending him down would that work is that a way of saying or sending a message that this is not good enough and here's our your kick in the derriere well it's 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 kind of a unique um, a unique way of handling something and it's really based upon the personality of your team the personality of your team's leadership, the personality of of the player, and you know sometimes that can work. Sometimes it doesn't work. Um, you know, I think like in any business in life, any any type of business relationship, getting to know your people and knowing how to motivate, knowing where their securities are, where their insecurities are, where their confidences are, um, what they need is a key to being successful if you can if you can match that up and they can match it up on the reverse sometimes you know uh, sending somebody out will make a difference uh sometimes teams just carry on like so what sometimes teams will will uh take it well you know the, the, let, let's face it guys the, the players kind of you know they are the they are the team mm-hmm. and so you know how they react will depend on a certain situation and, and how they feel about Somebody being sent down, somebody changing a role, different things like that. But uh, it's a very delicate mix. And you know, in all the years that I've been involved in the game, it's probably one of the things that has changed the most through the game uh, in the process of salary expansion and, and wealth and different things like that. And it's, you know, it's just it's it's a, a far different aspect than it was 40 years ago, 30 years ago. I went from begging players, and it was called a disabled list back then. I went from begging players almost to go on the list because they were so banged up, but they wanted to compete, they wanted to play, they wanted to get that next contract, didn't want to lose playing time, from begging them to go on the list to almost begging them to come off the list. Hmm. That's remarkable. Uh, how hard is it for a general manager or you know any baseball executive to look at his team, Ned, and and have to come to the conclusion that you know what it's, uh, yeah, this isn't working out the way I thought it would. Like, I, I, how hard is it to to make that's take that sort of, I'm not going to call it an unbiased decision, but take that 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 almost that analytical look at your team and go, okay, this is I, I need to pivot here. I need to do something. Yeah, well, it's it's. Um... It's required. It's required, of, in my opinion. It's required of how you think. Um, everybody that, that runs teams, they're saturated with that team and that league and that sport. 
when I mean saturated, I mean pretty much every day of the year. There's not one day that you're not thinking about your team and where it's at. And it changes on a daily basis just a little bit, either to an improvement or something you got to be concerned about. Um, I used to say, you know, people say, well, what kind of day did you have today? I said, I had a great day. They oh, what happened? I said, nothing happened. <laughs> you know? So you, you're always in that, that, that mindset, you know, to, to make those evaluations. And it's, and it's key that you're, you're truthful with yourself with it. And it's, it's like player development in a way. You know, I used to tell our player development folks, I said, look, I really need a truthful answer. You don't get credit for sending, telling me somebody can play in the big leagues that gets there and can't really play and is overwhelmed by the moment. And just because they may be the best player at AA or AAA doesn't mean they're a big league player. It just means in that group they're one of the better players. So being being completely honest with your evaluation and your inner circle of being honest with your evaluation and to have, have uh, conversations back and forth that challenge thought process to get you to the right answer. We're never going to be perfect in our decision-making because you're dealing with human beings on all, all sides of it. But to be able to, to challenge thought process, I would always speak last. Let all the inner circle go first and the scouts go first. And then sometimes even if I agree with the consensus, I would take the other side. But you have to do the same thing with evaluating your club and understanding where you're at. If you have enough time, if you don't have enough time, and if you've got good leadership in your playing ranks and also in your manager and your coaching staff, you know, you can you can ask a question. You know, I didn't spend a lot of time in big meetings. I might have had three big team meetings a year. One the first day of the camp, maybe one halfway through or somewhere in there and one at the very end if we were going to the postseason, which we were blessed to do a bunch of times. But I'd have a lot of individuals. I knew where to find them. They knew where to find me. And I'd say, hey, what's up? Why is this? You think you think this, you think that. Um, and, you know, not everybody, because not everybody's going to understand it, the, the question the same way. But to really, really ask your, your top guys, what are you saying? What do we need to do? Guys that you knew, going back to your first question, that were so invested in the success of your club like you are. And, and if they knew, what, if you understood how they thought, going to them for a question like that one-on-one, not to, not to come down on a teammate or things like that, that's not the point, but to really gain the tenor of the room when you're not in it. You're not in the dugout. You, know, you, don't, you don't see all the things that everybody else sees. To really gain that, and that goes to one other point, uh, I'll tell you, it's, you know, scouting, we all think that scouting is watching players play. You know, the scouting is far more than that. I had to scout everybody. I had to scout my evaluators. How do they evaluate? How do they think? Some guys are going to say yes to everybody. Some guys are going to say no to everybody. How do they evaluate? How do they think? How do players evaluate? How do coaches evaluate? How do managers evaluate? How does ownership evaluate? How do agents deal? How do they evaluate? How do other GMs? Scouting was a 24-7, everybody everybody involved in me trying to figure out who could do what and what kind of answer I was going to get. But when you've got a player or two that you can really trust with them understanding the same vocabulary you have type of thing, definition of terms, then they can help you figure out what you've got to do and if it's time to, to do something drastically different or if it's time to be patient. Toughest thing to do in the game of baseball, guys, be patient. You talk about it every day. They play it every day. It ain't a once-a-week sport. It's an everyday sport. So your evaluations have to be measured, in my opinion, in very small doses. Otherwise, you're going to make some big mistakes. Do uh, it's too long. No, no, it's a great answer. No, it's a, it is. It, it, it is a great answer. When uh, you know we're getting the, the trade deadline is August is, is August first. When did when when did you think a trade talk? And I'm using that in air quotes with the team got serious. You know, at, at what point would it go from, hey, Ned, would you be interested in this guy? We like this guy that you have. We'll give you, the, you know, this guy. When does it move from are you interested in and I'll get back to you to let's start trying to figure out if this is going to if this is going to work for us? I think really the last 72, 96 hours is where you start to separate it. Um, there were there are teams that, you know, are in a financial situation not not in a good way 
for whatever reason. Maybe they've underachieved and they want to lower their payroll. Maybe they, you know, they struggle with payroll, whatever. Those teams, sometimes you can, you can make a deal early in the month of July because they see the daily rate of what they're paying a player and ownerships um, looking to, to move X number of dollars. And if you can save them $40,000 a day, $50,000 a day, you know, they're interested. They, you know, if they can get the right player back early, they're going to be interested because they can move some money along with it. Uh, there's not a lot of teams like that anymore. There's, there's far, far fewer. So most everybody is going to play it close to the vest until they get near the end of July. Those teams that have, have not achieved what they thought or didn't, didn't expect much to begin with, and so they're going to trade off some of their talented players, some of their free agents to be, uh, the only downside they have to waiting is that player getting hurt. Because if you've got a if you've got a quality player that is in demand, the demand is only going to go up between today and and the last couple of days of July and the first day of August. It just goes up. You run the risk of injury certainly, um, but other than that, you know you risk uh, whatever you'll get today. The player stays healthy. If you're getting a dollar five today, you'll get at least a dollar five at the end of the month. You may get a dollar and a half at the end of the month. Ned, I know GMs say all the time that they don't look at what other teams are doing or, or how much success they're having. But look at the American League this year. They're, it's very top-heavy. It's two teams. It's the Yankees and the Astros. Yep. And, then, and then it's five or six teams that are all bunched together. If you were in the American League and you were one of those five or six teams, would you do more or less because of the, how top-heavy the American League is? Well, I think it's a great point. I think it depends a little bit on where your franchise is at. If you haven't been to the postseason for a while or you've been there once in the last decade, it's important to get there. So you have to kind of measure that as, okay, getting there has got value to us, um, whatever the value is, but it has value to us. If you've been there a lot and you, you, you don't think your team, you think your team can make it, but you don't think your team is going to be able to make it past the first round or the second round, then you got a tough decision to make. In my San Francisco days, we made a deal with the, with the White Sox, who were, since 1997, they were three games behind Cleveland. They were right in the middle of it. But Ron Schuler made a deal with us, got Wilson Alvarez a start, Danny Darwin, who could do anything off the mound, and, and Roberto Hernandez, who could close. Mm-hmm. And, and they caught all kinds of grief for it. But Ron Schuler's thought was, yeah, we may we may end up winning and getting to the postseason, but we don't have the type of team that's going to be able to to win a series. So why would you? How much are you going to spend player wise to to get there, but not not be able to advance through it, not to be able to compete on an everyday basis through it? So again, it's it's uh, the answer really depends on the franchise. But when you're looking at the American League right now with those two teams, those other five teams, you got to figure out. They can get there, A, what it's going to cost. But if they get there, what are, what are their chances to get beyond it? You know, there'll be some of them be playing each other. So you got that, which is good. You never know what's going to happen in the month of October. But you got to kind of measure that stuff. And you got to, again, you got to measure it truthfully. You can't overstate it. You can't understate it. You got to be as realistic as you can and know your guys. Every day, as I said, every day it's going to change a little bit one way or the other. Ned, really good of you to join us today. Thanks so much. Terrific insight That's as great always. Stuff. Thanks, Ned. My pleasure, gentlemen. Always a pleasure. Take care. It's Ned Coletti, a uh, longtime MLB executive, former Dodgers GM, uh, author of the book The Big Chair, which is a great look at how uh, at Ned's life in the game, which was uh, remarkable, but also just the the thought process behind a lot of decisions GMs make. It's really granular. Uh, granular approach. And Ned, you know, Ned gave out, he's right. I think at one point he had the three biggest contracts in baseball history given out. Um, And for me, I would think that would be the easiest part of it is to spend a really rich person's money. It's the little things The, the, the Ned talked about the little parts of feeling the, basically feeling the room, being really good at knowing your players, knowing that the money that you spent is not adding up to the quality of depth that you're trying to piece around all the money that you put up here. Who does that sound like?
That's the question is. That's why I asked the question about you guys. The American League is super top heavy. Mm-hmm. It's got two giant teams, organizations that know they're better than all the other five or six teams. If you're the five or six teams, what do you do? And how much do you do? That's the big question is because Ross went out and spent some money and some big time money. And now it's the quality of the depth that he's tried to piece around it. Let's quite frankly say it out loud. It's not up to par to a championship team. So if you're at the trade deadline and you're Ross and you're looking at the two behemoths way up here, what do you do? Boy, that is a listening to Ned say that and say it out loud with a guy that's been there and done it before. You have what to, do you do? You do have to take a realistic you do have to take a realistic look at your team. And that's why, you know, I always tell people, and I, I tell you this when you talk about prospects, uh, I, I think you almost have to you have to balance off what you want the reality to be with what the reality is. You know, and it and it's possible at some point that Ross looks at this team and and goes, and not just Ross, but his people look at this team and go, you know, there is, there's more to do here than we thought. And what's the end game here? Is, you know, is this the year to move Kirk, Moreno, Martinez, any of those guys, the way we did last year? You've, you've got to take, you've got to be honest with yourself. You, you really do. Uh, why are you doing this? Is it is it enough for the Blue Jays to get in, just get into the playoffs and lose in the first round? You know, the, the one thing that I think is is really fascinating about the way this American League race is shaped up is if you're the if you're the Blue Jays, you can you almost it's like I think you'd almost want to have Tampa and Boston make the playoffs as well along along with you because you know a lot about those teams. You know, my concern is... My concern is that at some point, if you're Ross, you don't... It's You've, you've got to start looking a little more granularly at what you need to do to beat certain teams. Like the road to postseason success... Right now, it's going to have to start. It's, you're either going to be playing Boston, you're going to be playing um, uh, Rays. Rays, you know, maybe, and, and keep an eye on Cleveland and things like mm-hmm. that. I mean, I, I just, I don't know how granular Ross Ross wants to get here. And it it just may be that there isn't that big, all-encompassing move out there to be made. And if that's the case, then maybe a pivot and say, okay, what can I do that will give me a shot at beating these teams in the playoffs? I, I just... It would be a lot easier if the if like the the Yankees were in first, the Jays were in second, eight games out, and then there was four games between them and everybody else. If there was a little bit of separation there, then maybe you can you can plan ahead. If you're but. if you're going to pivot, you you better be a good salesman. You're selling this to a country. The expectations coming in this season was not to creep into the yeah. playoffs. It no, was that's... to win the World Series. We talk about the manager, how good a salesman he's got to be. If you're going to pivot, you better sell it. John Morosi of the MLB Network will join us. Jeff Passan as well. So we'll have a lot ahead in the next hour. We've got tickets to give away as well. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast.